they think of me as a hoe, and that's not me at all. Welcome to Escape the Bubble podcast, sharing the heroic stories of West Michigan's youth that often go unheard. I'm your host right here, AJ Westendorp, and we've got the coolest guest ever today, Shanna. Welcome to the podcast, Shanna. Hey, yeah, it's good to be here. Also, special surprise, we've got a co-host in the building. We've got Christine on the mic. How you doing, Christine? I'm doing fine. And we'll be hearing from these wonderful two ladies throughout the day. This podcast comes out of Escape Ministries. We're right here in Holland, Michigan. It's a nonprofit dedicated to opening up relationships, resources, opportunities for youth, especially those who are often forgotten. We're fresh off the summer jobs program. It's a Thursday afternoon right now. A little bit hot, a little bit sweaty. Christine made some awesome tofu meatballs, and everyone's home safe, I think. Except for us. We're still here. So this is Escape the Bubble podcast. We're here with Shanna. Um, Shanna, what should listeners out there know about you before we jump in? What identifies you? Who are you? People know me as a teen mom when they look at me. They don't know my past. They know me as a hard worker, a lot of them. My favorite color is forest green, because why not? Dark green is pretty cool. Um, I like to draw. Um, I sing by myself um, when I'm home alone. I like to go on hikes and trails. I just like adventures. I am 16. I go to Zealand East. I will be a senior this fall. With my school, I'm going to Caroline Tech for construction. Okay. I like to do things involving math. And I want to do something with math in the future, so like construction or architect or anything like that. Yeah. Cool. I've, I'm sorry, I failed to mention we have another special guest in the studio. Um, Shannon, would you introduce this special guest? This is Zanaira. She is my daughter, and she is 10 months old. Hi, Zanaira. And in front of us is an adorable little child with all of her playthings, so she will be making contributions to this episode in her own way. So, Shanna, why do you want to share your story today? The way I grew up is not normal for a typical person. I've been through a lot of rough times, and everybody doesn't see that when they look at me. When people look at me, they think... Of me badly, I always get dirty looks because I am carrying a baby on my hip, and it kind of hurts. And we hope that people out there can can hear your story and find compassion and find understanding, and help us help us find a way to see beyond just the surface of people. That's really cool. What was it like growing up for you? I have a lot of half siblings. Um, we are very diverse. I have a, about six older sisters and um, two younger brothers. Um, my parents were technically married but divorced. Um, my mom kicked out my dad when I was five months old. I was a mistake of the family because I was a quickie. Um, <laughs> so he was gone of five months old I didn't really see him until I was about five years old again Uh, that's when he started dating my stepmom she is now 
it was really hard because of the things we went through. Having divorced parents, my mom, and the jobs she did, it was very hard. And we grew up in Kamazoo, um, Three Rivers, for a long time and moved to Helen. And then we were almost everywhere in Michigan from there. So if you wouldn't mind, like, take me inside of your home. What was the environment like? What kind of feelings and interactions were going on? So when I was younger in Three Rivers, we used to set cars on fire and trash cans and steal gum from our neighbors. We were the bad bunch. Um, my mom was a stripper for um, an, up until she got pregnant with my brother when I was around three and a half. Ever since that, she would bring guys in, and they would be in and out of our lives. Then we moved to Holland. My mom got engaged to somebody for five years. They did not make it, and then she left him. We lived in a van for about a year and a half. Using the bathroom was really hard, and showers was non-existent wow. unless we went to our dad's. Um, we went to my dad's. Every other weekend, we didn't really see him. Some of my sisters didn't at all because they weren't biologically his. So that was really hard. Then we moved into my mom's friend's basement. We still had guys in and out, and it was always a struggle. And then we moved to uh, Ripley, Tennessee. My grandma lived there, so we moved in with her. And... Then we had issues there. Then we came back to Holland with just our vehicle. We left everything behind, every memory, photos, birth certificate, social security, and came back with nothing. And this was when? This was when I was 13, not that long ago. Um, I was going into my freshman year. Wow. If you can make some kind of sense out of it, how did growing up in that environment affect you as you grew up and as you went through high school and stuff? As I went through high school, I had a lot of doubt in myself, and I was very insecure because when we were in Tennessee, my mom would not let me leave the house unless I wore booty shorts and makeup. She said she would not take us out unless we were pretty, and that was the only way we were to her. Um, so I was very insecure for a lot of the time um, and having guys in and out and having the clothes that we wore made me very scared to be around home. Mm. So I would always just try to get out of the house. It was very frightening, mm. especially when we moved into my, my mom and sister's ex. They had the same dude. Um, and we moved there my freshman year when we came back to Holland, Michigan. And Pause. You said your mom and your sister's ex? They dated there. the same dude. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make sure I picked that up correctly. We lived with him. Um, it was my brother, one of my sisters, me, and my mom to one room. Um, the room was not that big either. It only fit a queen bed and a hang-up TV and a walkway. Um, he... Then mistreated my sister, and then so we moved out. Um, that was a time where I got pregnant. Yeah, I can sense there's some fear and some not feeling safe at home there. 
I feel like there's a story to tell. So, yeah, tell us how Zanira came to be. One day when we were back in my mom's and sister X's house, my mom was and still is a really heavy alcoholic. My sister was mentally not present because of things that were happening to her at the moment. And my brother was video game addicted, like nothing in the world, like everything could pass him. And I, my mom would abuse us. And one night she got super drunk and I was really afraid that she was going to hit me again. So I decided to uh, have my friend's ex pick, pick me up because I knew him while they were dating. So he picked me up, and that night I just stayed there and talked to him about why I was scared to be at home, and he understood, but then he took things to a different level. He had a little bit to drink. I kept on saying no. And he didn't listen, and she was conceived. Holy cow. I just want to take a second to sit with the weight of that here. I want to recognize the terror of that experience, recognize those out there who can relate to that experience, and thank God that you're okay with some scars, right? But that the remnant of that experience is a beautiful child that you're going to continue to mother. That's so brave, but that experience is just so much. So how did you feel when you found out that you were pregnant? I was in my second trimester when I found out I was pregnant. I was four months along, and I felt really scared. They had to do testings for some reasons, and that's when I found out. I, I didn't even think that I could have been pregnant, and... When I found out, my first reaction was, oh, shoot, I've been drinking and doing drugs and cutting, and I'm pregnant. So it was very scary for my own health and her. And then my second thought was my sister was a teen mom, and I saw how my mom reacted to her. But my sister was always a troublemaker, and I was always just not present, so... I don't know her reaction. And when I told my mom, it was it was better than what my dad's reaction was. She didn't really freak out. She just was like, are you sure you're pregnant and not my older sister who looks like me? And I, I was like, that's just like dumbest question you could ask. I took the test. I saw the ultrasound. Like, <laughs> I clearly am. Um, and she shed like two tears and she was done. She went back to work, started still drinking and she was doing drugs at the time too, different ones, but it really didn't feel like she cared at all. Wow. That's a lot. So you're 14 years old at this point? Yes. And then how did you come to grips with things over the next six months from that point and get ready to be a mom? What, what did that look like for you? I knew of this program, um, Young Lives. My sister, she was a little bit involved for, with it when she was pregnant. And I uh, knew about a motherhood group within West Ottawa, the school I was going to at the time. So I joined that 
group at school when I found out. And then they started preparing me, like, what my what I should think. Like, should I think of abortion, adoption, all these different options, or open adoption, closed adoptions. And I knew I wanted to keep her. I don't really believe in abortions. I feel like if I carried her for nine months, went through that struggle, I'm going to go through the 18 years of struggles with her. So... That was my mindset, and at the time, we were living without my mom. Um, right after that, because she, she was off when I got pregnant, when I told her I got pregnant, she was already left us, and she was in Grand Haven with her boyfriend and my brother and left me and my sisters to fend for ourselves. So my mindset was, where am I going to go? So... Through Young Lives, I told them my situation, and they helped me. Uh, I had a mentor, and she took me in and got guardianship over me. And ever since then, I felt like I've always got a place to go. It can be frustrating sometimes, but I can deal with that than what I did in the past. Wow. So did you kind of find these resources on your own? I was the one who went out and searched for support. My family um, wasn't very involved with me beforehand, so I didn't feel like I could go to anybody, not even my teachers. So I went out, looked online for like how I could get a doctor for um, me for my pregnancy to deliver, and I did that on my own. My dad was busy with my stepmom, who was pregnant at the time, too. So you were pregnant at the same time as your stepmom? Yes. That's another wild thing, right? And I was 10 months old, and my brother's one year old, so. (laughs) Yeah. And so my dad was busy. I didn't tell him until I was maybe seven months pregnant. Um, I didn't see him before that because my stepmom was pregnant, and she was at high risk anyways, so... We were kind of distant. Um, we I didn't really see him during the whole time I got back from Tennessee either. I didn't really want to see him because with my mom being abusive and saying bad things about me, it reminded me of my dad in the past because when we started mm-hmm. seeing him again, he was an alcoholic and he abused us and he he really scared me. He would always raise his voice he had anger issues. It was scary there, too. Girl, you are such a boss. Like, you're 14 years old and pregnant. There's so many girls that feel helpless, that feel desperate, and without support from your family, you go out, you look for help. You're able to name some real struggles in your family, call things out for what they are. Like, that. that's just really brave of you. Um. So we've got Christine in the room. Christine, would you mind sharing a little bit about why you're here? Why why would you show up for this episode and kind of why Shanna's life is meaningful for you? So when I was 17, I started partnering and supporting friends who got pregnant because many decades ago there was not young lives or doctors or anybody who would be around in Holland to help young moms. So I've always had a soft spot for them, uh, knowing how they're treated. Uh, my first baby that I helped 
deliver as part of a coach as a 17-year-old is in his late 30s now. After that happened, by word of mouth, I just kept going in the labor room and to doctor's appointments and speaking out when people weren't treated correctly or kindly or with grace and got them what they needed, uh, which included every doctor's appointment, the labor rooms, um, going to church, going to school, getting what they needed. Um, that, as I got older and older, I, of course, got more and more listened to because I was older and older, and the moms were still teens. Um, and now in Holland, there are, there are several places. Young Lives is, is a wonderful place. Um, schools do a better job. But uh, teen moms tend to just be looked at as their pregnancy or their baby. I don't think people in general look at them and say, this is a person. This person likes to do this. This person likes to do that. Um, I have been in the labor room over 310 times. I don't have any stories that are exactly the same. Um, I have had teen moms die in labor, before labor, during pregnancy, after labor, uh, and they weren't listened to. Uh, part of being a teen mom and being pregnant is people don't listen to you because they don't respect you. And I think they just see the situation. They don't see the actual person and how brave these young women are and how much tenacity they have to go through with the pregnancies. So you've been in the game for a while, huh? <laughs> Since 1987. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And what have you seen that makes you think that team moms are heroes? Number one, they don't give up ever. And they always continue on in their fight. And even the worst situations that I have seen, there's always a flicker of hope in their eyes, always, when they see that someone stands up for them or does even one little thing. I had one girl who went through her entire pregnancy with all mean accusations of people in town and people saying things to her when they walked by her in the hall at school. But she was at Target, and an old lady bought her diapers, and that gave her hope for a whole nother year. So I think to keep going in the climate that we live in towards them, that's quite a hero. And to parent the way they parent and had to fight to get treated correctly, is that's quite an accomplishment. Shannon, what would you, knowing, knowing Christine and kind of what she's done, where she's been, what would you want to, what would you want to say to her? I'm glad you do what you do because I don't get a lot of people who see me very responsibly. Um, they think of me as a hoe and that's literally not me at all. That was my first time for even a kiss that night, so way opposite wow. of me <laughs> bless you so we are viewed really badly and it does hurt but one little act does go a long way and I really appreciate that you do that I really appreciate that I don't think people know how to act 
And I think if they just look at it as you are a person, they do a lot better. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on the podcast. We'll be back in just a minute with Escape the Bubble. All right, this commercial break is going to be great. I'm going to tell you about our favorite and only sponsor on Escape the Bubble, Showcase Concrete Solutions. Specializing in epoxy coatings for concrete garages, basements, break rooms, auto shops, they'll transform it from dingy to delightful all in a day's work. Go on and take a look at your garage right now. Like, actually go there and look at it. You're probably looking at oil stains, cracks, dust, a surface no one wants to be caught on in bare feet. You could be doing better. You could call Showcase Concrete Solutions to put a speckled epoxy coating available in 10 colors to cut down on dust and dirt and make your garage feel like a palace for automobiles. You can find them on their Facebook page to search for Showcase Concrete Solutions or call 616-212-9197 and ask for Seth. Locally based in Holland, Michigan, you're getting quality service from good human beings. And we love good human beings. Showcase Concrete Solutions, the pioneer sponsor of Escape the Bubble podcast. Escape the... Come on, Zanaira. We're trying to do a... We're trying to do a show right now. Escape the Bubble podcast is not sponsored by Ottawa County Parks. But one park that Shanna loves is... Ottawa Sands. Dude, why do you love Ottawa Sands so much? So at Ottawa Sands, their, their water is so clear. And even though you can't swim in it, it's just really pretty to look at. And they had a have a bald eagle nest there, which is pretty cool. You can yeah. see it sometimes fly in and out, and it's really cool. That's pretty sweet. So you find it in Spring Lake, Michigan, right? North of Grand Haven, just keep on going. Um, it's owned by Ottawa County Parks, which is one of our summer jobs program sites. So we love working there. We focus on naturalizing the parks. Ottawa County does a great job keeping invasive species out of the parks so you can know that what you're looking at is all natural. What do you like to do at Ottawa Sands? The kids like to throw rocks into the water, which Definitely. is really entertaining for them. And just seeing the big woodpeckers they have there is really cool for them. And I like it too. So it's nice to see a lot of those things. Head out to Ottawa Sands, up for a good time, up for a great hike, up for some clear waters. Take your little daughter with you. She'll enjoy it. Yep, yep, we're back here with Escape the Bubble podcast. We're here with Shanna, also Zanaira, also Christine. Escape the Bubble is here so that we can escape the bubble of our lives. So we can inspired by young people who are outside of our little bubble, but still in our community. So then we can move together in understanding, grow in compassion across different cultures and contexts. So maybe you knowing Shanna a little more today might help you to relate better to the people in your community whose stories overlap with her and the other heroic young people we got on the podcast. So Shanna, let's loosen things up a little bit. Um, what's What do you like doing in your spare time? What kind of stuff are you into? I do like reading a lot. I like murder, like just murder anything, anything to do with murder, okay. shows, movies. Stepping away slowly. <laughs> um, I like to draw a lot. I draw... 
to feelings. So like a clay hand reaching out to a realistic hand. Um, I do a lot to do with emotions. So an older girl with alcohol and smoke in her hands, and she's looking into the mirror at a younger version of herself when everything was normal to her until she realized how much her life really was screwed up. Um, I I do like Princess Bride. That's my favorite movie. Okay. Uh, Wesley, let, let, oh, he, he's pretty cute. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I do enjoy that movie a lot. It does have torture in it, so that's a little part why I like it. Because you're a murder freak? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Um, Christine, do you like to read at all? Just a little bit. Um, I read somewhere between 200 and 300 books a year. A little. <laughs> I read every week one-on-one -on -one with 152 different children. And Christine is also a full-time volunteer. She volunteers in all of the places. Um, you mind giving us a little bit of a bio and just kind of your your volunteer slash protesting life? Like, what, what do you do when you're not podcasting? I volunteer in two different elementary schools. I bring food here to escape and books. I bring food and books up to Grace's Table, which is a teen mom nonprofit agency up in Grand Rapids. I am a several decade volunteer for the ACLU. I protest on a regular basis, starting with my first protest with my girlfriend in college for drugs access for people who had AIDS up to our latest protest. You don't want to cross Christine on the wrong thing. So watch your step, everybody. So, Shanna, if, if I turn this Princess Bride trailer on, is this, is this going to get you excited? I love it! It was a time when life didn't seem so complicated. Marriage is what brings us together today. What? 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 I'm killing myself once we reach the honeymoon suite. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> a courtly age. Of gentle conversation. I will always come for you. But how can you be sure? This is true love. Oh, no. Is this a kissing book? No. Actually, there was a lot of treachery. Errol. <clears throat> and revenge. Prepare to die. Never go in against the Sicilian when death on the line. <laughs> Dude, my man sounds like Michael Glines. Were you, were you at Magna for a day or two? Yeah. Yeah, so you met Michael Glines? Mm -hmm. Dude, sounds exactly the same. It harkens back days when movies were just good and simple. You know? So before we got into Princess Bride and protesting, um, we, were, we were getting on to talking about what it's like to be a teen mom, something I've never experienced. Hopefully never will. Um, I, I guess I'd like to hear a little more about like what it was like for you being a pregnant teen, being a teen mom. What were some of the experiences you had with people in your community, maybe teachers or peers or students? Maybe some good, maybe some bad, but tell us a few stories. Well, in school, I was always quiet until everybody found out I was pregnant. 
And then somehow my best friend, well, ex-best friend, gave away my social media. So I had a lot of people text me, like, saying I'm a MILF. And that that was not something I wanted to hear. And just people wanting to use me for my body, even though I was pregnant. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It really makes sense. Um, and But you kind of felt that perception, like, oh, if she's pregnant, she's a slut? Yeah. Um, that really came into hand. Um, even though it was my first for, like, a lot of things, they just judged me right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also got, like, people smacking me in the hallways and not in good spots. And it didn't really feel good being pregnant and walking in the school. Sounds like you kind of felt degraded a little bit. Yeah. And then in public, when people saw me, I would have random strangers come up to me and ask, how old are you? You look so young. And I'm like, I'm like, at the t- when I was first pregnant, I was 14, and then I went into 15. So when I said 14, they're like, who's your parents? And like, um, some of them would just go directly to me. They're like, why would you do something like that? Oh, You're such man. a... And so I was like, I didn't really do it. I, I decided to keep her because that's the mature thing to do. And I was like... You don't know my story, but that's okay. And I just smile and shake my head and just let it be. Did that get tiring after a while? Oh, it still does. I have people on, I have an Instagram. I now made it private last week because I had people text me that I am not fit for a mother because I'm not very strict. Like, I bury her in the sand and things like that. I let her climb upstairs, but I'm always there near. Mm -hmm. But everybody's like, oh, you can't do that. And I was, it's really, they're very judgmental. And I'm like, all parents are different. I was raised, like, going down mattresses on big stairs. And (laughs) then there's people who won't even let their kids have chips. And I'm like, because it's a choking hazard. And I'm over here, I'm a little loose, but I... I don't get that far to give them chips where they can choke on it. So yeah, because you're young, people feel like they need to give you advice or tell you how they sh- how you should do it, right? Yeah. I think it's a shame that that you feel degraded as a pregnant woman walking down the street because, like, being pregnant is such a such a uh, position of honor. I feel like in a, a place where we ought to revere people that, man, like you're doing the work right now. <laughs> you are growing a child inside of you. Um, I know one thing I, I loved about Guatemala is where we have like handicap spots. They had handicap spots and pregnant mother spots. Yeah, they have that at um, the um, mall and mm-hmm. GR and things like that. They have like mothers with strollers and yeah. then pregnant mothers yeah. and yeah, that was really great to use. Right, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> um, Christine, does what Shanna shared a little bit, does that resonate with what you've seen with other teen, teen moms? Do you have any other kind of perceptions and stories that you that you see often in their stories? Every teen mom I've ever worked with has said the exact same thing. And also when they go to doctor appointments or to see the nurse... Uh, they're always talked down to or not taken seriously if they don't. It's like they don't believe that they know their body, where, of course, these young ladies know their bodies. But the nurses, are they talk down to them like they are stupid, and they don't take what they have to say seriously. 
and they also make judgments. Uh, I have yet to go to an appointment where they ask how, the girl how many sexual partners she had every single time she goes. And then when she answers them, they will look at them and say to me, you need to leave because they believe that she will give another answer when I leave the room. And you'd, you'd hopefully you can get to a point as a community where our doctors can be especially on point and especially helpful when we have a teen mom because they're heroes. But I think what, if I'm not speaking out of turn, like what unites teen moms as well is they need some support, right? Mm -hmm. They need some support, but they need the right kind of support and they need it from all around, from their family, from the community, from their doctors, all that stuff. So Shanna, how did you get connected with Escape? My sister was involved with Escape when they first started doing the summer job program. So then when I found out I was pregnant I, and, and summer was coming, I was like, oh, I'm going to do what my sister did when she was pregnant. I'm going to join this. I was like, I've always known Escape just a little bit. I did boxing with them in the past. so. Nice. So you did the summer jobs program last year. Um, what did you do? Like, what site were you on? What did you What did you learn throughout the summer? I was on um, a site at Eight Day Farm. Um, I was weeding and planting, picking out other plants, packaging, and I learned how to communicate more. Um, I didn't really talk to anybody. I was really to myself because of things that happened. A lot of people on site even talked a little bit bad about me, but then when they, when we found out more about each other, they ended up respecting me at the end and we became friends. And I even had one of them show up afterwards when I gave birth. So I really liked the program because of that. And I just mm -hmm. really like the summer program last year throughout my pregnancy. It was very nice. I know when she first... When you first started summer jobs and I would have the food, I would always try to look you in the eye and ask you how your pregnancy was and did you have a name and did you want, know what it was and how it was going and did your jeans fit and smiling at you. And I remember it took you mm, half the summer and then you talked back. But I kept at it because I knew that you couldn't resist. <laughs> of course, last year in the job program, you, you wanted to go the whole summer, but you couldn't. Um, tell me about that. Um, at the because I was at high risk pregnancy, um, I was like a hundred when I got pregnant, gained like fifty pounds. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> um, I was at high risk because of how small I was and everything that happened and the stress that I was in, like because of the living area and school, and I also started prenatals late, so I was really at high risk. So they had me go into the hospital like two weeks early every single day until they induced me and they even almost had to do a c-section and that, that this whole experience was really 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 bad like mm -hmm. beyond bad but so they had to take me they had a lot of my time and so I was like it's quit now and like don't or like don't show up to work and just poof so yeah. I was like <laughs> I'm going to go the good way and be respectful about it. So. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you kind of wanted to be a hero and finish the job program, be tough, but then you realize, okay, what's more important here? Right? Mm -hmm. um, 
Of course, you came back to the job program this year with similar ambitions. Hey, I'm going to finish this year. I'm going to do it with a kid. What happened from there? Um, I, I ended up quitting in a weekend. <laughs> um, I really wanted to do it, though, but with everything that I have and going on mentally, too, um, I, I, before my pregnancy, I was suicidal, like highly even attempted. And then after my pregnancy, I was still cutting and really into that. And so I had got a therapist and now my family's going through another divorce with a child who's two and fighting over that. And I have baby dad issues right now going on and then like my sister who I thought I could rely on fell out so it's just really hard to balance and I feel like just being home is just so much stress relief like don't even have to worry and and then the guardian I live with now she she's one of those strict parents and we get along a lot but sometimes we have difficult weeks and Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been yeah. having a lot of those lately, so. Yeah. And some of those conflicting parenting styles, we learned some things. Yeah, because right? she's like, you need to be here for her all the time. I'm like, I need space. I'm still a teenager. I just right. need, like, one date, maybe just four hours even, like, just space, just for that yeah. tiny bit. It's pretty okay. Yeah. But how cool of her to, to look at you, to know you, to see who you are as a person and say, come into my home with your kid and your whole life, just bring it in here. And how cool of you to butt heads, to have some differences of opinion and not just jump ship and say, whatever, I'll just go back to my dad or my mom where, you know, it's kind of an unhealthy place. Just say, I'm going to stick it out because, because it's worth it because I can learn some things because she's kind to me. Right. Yes. That's really special. We're going to take another break here on escape the bubble. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Escape the Bubble podcast featuring Christine, Shanna, and Zanira. Think you've got high cholesterol? Find yourself coughing and aren't sure why? Didn't like the way the neighbor's dog barked at you this morning and don't want to go to the doctor? Not that bad. Pharmaceuticals is the place for you. Whether you think you're allergic to gluten or just need something to make you feel better, Just use our online live chat feature or talk to one of our underqualified representatives over the phone. Let us know how you feel and we'll prescribe you something that might make you feel better. We stand out from other pharmacies by not using drugs or doctor's recommendations and by delivering remedies right to your door. Let's be honest, most health problems can be fixed with some of Not That Bad's remedies. Irene from Illinois said, Then not that bad showed up with a puppy in a box to fix my high blood pressure. I was surprised at first, but it actually worked. It's not that bad. Happy customer. Wonderful woman. Some of our other favorite scripts to fill include Olaf warm hugs, vanilla candles, an entire play ball pit, sledgehammers, you know, for anger and stuff, and the special firebox for pyromaniacs. How could that not make you feel better? Want to order a script for a friend? No problem. We are the equivalent of a yes man to whatever you want to do. Not that bad pharmacy. For the people. Find them online in no particular place. 
or call on the phone to any particular number and find someone to talk to. Um, listen, Escape the Bubble podcast, we're sharing the heroic stories of West Michigan's youth that often go unheard. Wouldn't it be a sad thing if Shanna's story never got heard and everyone just kept judging her for being a team mom? Like, come on, man. Um, so up at Escape, we got summer jobs program. We got a boxing gym. We've got an education program for kids that get suspended and expelled from school, mentoring, all that stuff. But really, it's just a vehicle for relationships. Uh, we love creating relationships in unexpected spaces. Uh, you can find out more at escape-out.org or on our Facebook page, which is at escape, Y-F-G-K, or Instagram, follow us, share it with somebody else. You won't regret it, and neither will they. All right, back to the show. You smell like you did a poopy. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) On that note, we are back with Escape the Bubble podcast. We have the distinct honor of having our youngest and stinkiest guest, Zanaira, and we're together with her mother. They're helping us to see each other's humanity and to move our community towards togetherness, understanding, and a better future for all. So Shanna, through your life, your family growing up, um, having a kid at age 15, being a mother now for 10 months, what's your relationship with God been like through all this? So I grew up Christian. Um, we, we've always gone to different churches, and then we finally found the right one when I was nine. And I used to be really obsessed with religion and trying to do the right thing. But through my pregnancy, I questioned, why Why me? Like, I'm a good person, grew up in just a bad, bad environment. Why me? Like, what do you want from me out of this? And I got angry at him sometimes during my pregnancy. But then after, I would put him in, like, the back seat. And when she turned about three months, four months old, I started to do Bible studies again and just try to find ways to believe in him without having him physically and present, like, having more faith in that because I've always, like, is he real? Like, I can't see him. I don't hear him. And so I've been going a lot to the Bible and listening to devotions. So lately I've also read like Battlefield of the Minds so to help me with things that I go through mentally. And it's given me more faith to hear how he helped other people instead of like reading, oh yeah, in the Bible he did this. And like now people's story now is what helps me more. And that's what I like studying now. And I've, I'm still very strong in it. So. Christine, tell me about God and the church and teen moms. So when I first started mentoring teen moms, if girls got pregnant and went to church, they had to stand in front of church and admit their sin in front of the congregation. Just the girl, not the boy. Uh, The last time I know of this happening, personally, is 2006. And what I used to tell teen moms at the time, 
back then and the wisdom I had then is we don't all walk around with sticky notes on us with all our sins. And I don't see it any different. Being a teen mom is no different than anything else. The kicking, really, children out of school when they get pregnant and need someone the most, I'm glad that doesn't happen anymore. It used to when I first started mentoring. Um, churches have come a long way. They need to come a lot further. They still treat them differently. I do know that there are several churches that try really, really hard, and and it shows. My daughter made profession of faith as an unwed mother six months pregnant, so times are changing, but there's a lot of work to do. So how can the church, how can the community be helpful surrounding teen moms? So my grandma told me that there is never a time where you aren't looking in the eyes of the divine. And when I was younger, I went to something called Calvinettes. Now it's called Gems. I had a really good leader. And our thing we would have to say every time before Gems is Micah 6 verse 8, which is do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. And as a child, I took that really seriously, and I still take it seriously. It's uh, one of the verses I live my life by. And honestly, that is what you need to do. Follow that verse. Got anything to add to that, Shanna? In a way, they have been helpful. Young Lives is a Christian group. It's always a good place to find people who care and who will actually listen and make you feel like you're worth something. Listen and make them feel like they're worth something. That's good. That's good. So, Shanna, how have you felt misunderstood along your journey? I feel misunderstood when people look at me by the color of my skin. And some people will be like, oh, she's it's an white. Interesting, yeah, it's an interesting thing to say for a white girl, so... Go ahead. People are like, yeah, she's white. She's had things handed to her, or she didn't have enough attention, so she got pregnant, things like that. But in reality, I'm nothing like that. So and growing up around colored people and then coming here, it was very, very strange for me. Like, when everybody was like, oh, you're so racist. I'm like, no, I just get along with them. And like, this is how I interact. These, these and are like, people, right? Yeah, and they're like, you're trying to be like them and, uh, and you're white. And I was like, I don't know how to be any other way because this is what I grew up with. So it was very hard in that situation. Um, and now it's like, I, I still rather be around people who have more humor and loosen up and then like other people like my race they're like is this so drama and snobby and I don't know what happened to this generation and I like board game card games and it's so hard to find people who like that and it's just yeah I grew up completely different and I I don't know when I try to surround myself with other people they're like you don't belong here, and it's, like, hard because I grew up, like, in that environment, and I still don't get used to the environment they put me in, like, groups they put mm -hmm. me in. Yeah. Christine, how do you feel like you see young people and teen moms that you work with, how do you feel like they are misunderstood? 
I for sure think people think that they sleep with everybody all the time, every day, and they think it's fun and they do it for attention. That gets said a lot. If they're white, they're especially told, you just did this for attention. Your dad didn't spend enough time with you. You're trying to get back at your mother. Uh, the craziest things will come out of people's mouths right to the teen mom. And I think they don't even stop and think before they speak, but they should. Mm. And I think on the whole, they're treated like they're stupid when they are not. So I would say immoral and stupid are the two things that I get the complaints about the most. I'd just like to go on the record here and say that Shanna is not immoral or stupid. She actually has very high standards, and she's pretty smart. So I love how stories can kind of break down those stereotypes. Your story is no different. And even 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 getting to watch you here in the studio with Zanira, like, you're just, you're just a great mom, and you care for her. Zanira, do you have a great mom? All right. We tried. Um, one thing that's really important on this podcast, we love to give you guys a voice to speak out to the community out there that in some ways has failed you guys, I think, and you deserve more from this community. Um, but we want you to help us be better. So what would you say to young people out there, some of your peers? For young girls who have been through hard situations and then uh, self-harmed, I would say that people still love you, even with your scars. Don't feel mm. unwanted. I know I went through that phase, and people are still willing to care for your inner beauty. There are people still out there. Mm. Um, for young males, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, Don't start. <laughs> they, they need to get a hold of themselves before they try to do anything um, big and uh, to treat a girl right in their mind, like, because that's, like, the main thing. Girls are so worried that guys are going to play them, and they don't really watch their mouth mm -hmm. at all, and that's really hard nowadays for people who are mature and want a bigger man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'd just like to be able to trust people, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What do you want to say to adults out there? Maybe some parents or teachers or other people. Not everybody does it for attention. They don't cut. They don't share what they've been through for attention or just to be heard. It's so mm -hmm. other people can stop judging. Mm -hmm. We don't like to... I don't like to see people who judge even by color. Like, we all do it. I get that. But you can keep it to yourself. You've had a lot of people support you through your pregnancy. What is one person who stood out for you? I have not met this person yet, um, or probably won't ever. Um, he is a YouTuber, and he he's just really great. He's an activist. I believe that's the word I'm using. Um, Christine's nodding her head. All about the activists. Uh, his, he's Prince EA on YouTube. Um, he just... He points out, like, how 
we need to fight for our relationships and he kind of just opens up the eyes, talks about mirror neurons and talks about waiting and just about generations and how we see differently. One of his quotes that I follow by is, not every day is a good day, live anyways. Not all love will love you back, love anyway. Not everyone will tell you the truth, be honest anyway. Not all deals are fair, but play fair anyways. And it's everything he stands for, which I like him because he's so open-minded and he stands out from everybody and I would like to be like him. That's good. That's good. This is just like the Mother Teresa quote. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Mother Teresa. Folks, that's all we need to say. This has been Escape the Bubble Podcast. I'm AJ Westendorp. And Christine. And Shannon Zanaira. Yeah. Escape the Bubble Podcast is property of Escape Ministries in Holland, Michigan. All the music for this episode was created by Flu God and was used with permission. We're here for you trying to make the community better by sharing stories. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends. This is the best podcast ever. Escape the bubble. We'll be back soon.